The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And we're back here uh, on Analyze This. Don't forget to stay on top of the local news scene by tuning in to the WTJX news feed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas at 5 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the United States uh, Virgin Islands. Okay? So the news feed, definitely want to tune into that uh, every afternoon uh, when available at 5 uh, p.m. Some programming notes uh, for tonight on Channel 12. And it does, you know, it starts with the news hour. Right, like it always does. And then uh, at 8 p.m., right, tonight we got Covenant of the Salmon People, right? Explore efforts of the Nez Perce tribe to protect the Chinook Salmon, okay? And then, uh, I'm going to come back to that. And then at 9 p.m., Spy in the Ocean, discover how animals survive when faced with challenges of the ocean. At 10 p.m., Nova, follow the quest to create a life-saving malaria vaccine. That's from 10 to 11. Then Secrets of the Dead. Meet a couple who decorate their home with T-Rex skeletons. <laughs> Secrets of the Dead at 11 p.m. And, of course, I'm on Porn Company uh, at midnight. So the news hour at 7. Covenant of the Salmon People at 8. Spy in the Ocean at 9. Nova at 10, Secrets of the Dead at 11, and I'm a porn company. It's now a midnight thing uh, because uh, time turned back, like we just said. You know, then I'll come back to the Chinook, right? You know, I know I'm a big horse racing thing, right? And one of the things about horse racing is that a lot of uh, horses have names, and names actually can educate us. And I didn't even, I, when, I read, when I just saw the name Ch- Chinook, um, used to be a horse, you are a sprinter. But the name of Chinook Pass. And I believe it's named after a, lo- a location. You know what I'm saying? And Chinook Pass had a high speed. Me and Dodson uh, used to talk uh, about that uh, back in the day. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, awesome. Uh, the Chinook. Let me look this up here real quick. We got, a, uh, we got a big shot on the line? Yeah, it's in Washington State. Yeah, Chinook Pass. Uh, and it's a, it's a pass through the Cascade Range in the state of Washington. And uh, yeah, my Chinook Pass, could have, he could have scanned. Like we just say, uh, back in the day. Um, <clears throat> we got a one and only uh, um, Board of Education Chairman, Dr. Kaiser Coward, who also, uh, uh, I, be- I believe he's a member of WTJX board. He's been here for a while. Uh, good morning, uh, uh, Mr. Big Shout Out of St. Thomas. How you doing? Good morning, good morning, good morning. I don't consider myself a big shot. I, a, I is the one who do it. In a community. I is the one who do it. You didn't label yourself that. I just did it. <laughs> if I believe you're yeah, a big you shot, know, that's why I believe, I believe you're a you big know, shot. Some people will run, you know, some people will run with stuff. Well, well that's, and and that, we, I'm we, the we, one that say it when I'm the one no, that say it. I said it. Blame <laughs> Neville. Okay? <laughs> you, you didn't say it. Uh, good morning, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Dr. Chairman, how are you? All is well? Good morning. All is well, and I'm so grateful always for the opportunity to join you on your um, show. You know, we listen to it every morning. You know, mom is listening to it all now. Morning, mommy. Uh, she just called me. 
She just called me to tell me to never see you're coming on next. So make sure you get on on time. So she is listening all. We we get excited. She was a little bit upset yesterday that she didn't get to hear yeah, you. But yeah. you're now on today. So no. we have moved on from that. No, things happen. No, we can't pass that. That was That's history. You know what I'm saying? So so we good today. Uh, how's how's the board doing? Well, first of all, how are you doing? You know, now we can get to the board. I am huh? doing... I am doing remarkably well, um, you know, always finding a way to help the community in need. So I continuously do that. But in order for me to do that, I must get my rest. And I do get my rest, my full rest, so I could continue to um, full throttle on in helping our community. And before we get and to education, the way I can. before we get to education, how's the corrections department? How's the, how y'all making out? Everything good? The Bureau of Correction is um, going well. We just recently had, um, um, we went in front of um, Wilma Lewis for the court to update about all the wonderful things that we're doing with the um, consent decree. Um, So we did that last week and um, we're doing well. Okay, that's good. That's good. Now let me focus on education, the state of education in the Virgin Islands. Of course, American Education Week, all that good stuff. Um, You know, the chairman and St. Croix have been struggling um, Mr. Board, you're the board chairman, right? You're still your chairman again? Or? Yes, I'm still the chairman still, of the board of education. Okay, that's and good. I know the students have been struggling, especially with the heat wave. With the heat wave and, and the water and issue and all that stuff. Yes. Right. And then, of course, the power, frequent power outages, mm-hmm. among others, they, are, they continue yeah. to face. Yeah, and our, ed, our, our, our educators and administrators and support staff as well. We don't want them to think that, that they are no, less, that they are any less important. No. All educational professionals that work in the system, from the, the custodial engineer all the way to the teachers, students, administrators, faculty, staff, everyone that plays a hand in the school system have been affected. Without a doubt. So uh, as, a, as a policymaker where education is concerned, um, we, we got to be a little bit better than where we're at right now, uh, Mr. Chairman. And, uh, things, things remaining too much the same. Um, we we ain't seeing those positive changes, man. Why, why is that, man? Why 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 do you think that's the case? Well, a, a host of things is happening. Of course, the department is still waiting for FEMA, a lot of funding for to, to come in. Um, of course, you always have to be careful what you fix in the school because they will consider it as a permanent fix and deduct the money. So, you know, they're struggling with that as well, um, struggling whatever the, the, the senators are able to give them to um, fund education. I think it's $2 million in total. Of course, $1 million goes to St. Thomas, $1 million goes to in Croy, and then of that million dollars, four hundred thousand is landscaping alone. So they only left with six hundred thousand in each district to really deal with maintenance challenges. However, due to the passage of the um, the the Bureau of, of Construction and Maintenance, the department will get some additional funds to help them to address some of the challenges that they um, fix um, face in the school system. And of course, we also have those things that they fix. And then, of course, people destroy them. So when you say one, you say two. You know, like I know we went, the board um, did a visit. We know that the department reconstructed the whole bathroom. When we did the visit, you wouldn't want to see the condition in the bathroom in there. So, you know, while the department is working to fix things, our students, 
our people have to ensure that they help to preserve these things because we never know when we're going to get money again to fix these things. So imagine that you fix one thing and then you have to fix um, things. But of course, you often have other things that hasn't been fixed, haven't been addressed yet. One of the things that are waiting for is ACs to come because on island, we don't have the adequate amount of resources and ACs to just go in the store and then put an AC in the classroom. We don't have that um that type of resources and infrastructure here. So we also have to wait for those things to come in. Um, sometimes the ACs, when they put the brand new ACs in, then they need parts. We can go to Western Auto. They don't have an AC shop that we can go either St. Thomas and Sinkor and just get these parts. So it's a lot of moving things that, that is happening, but the department is working around the clock. I think you have um, seen they um, put out a 60, a 30, 60, and 90-day plan in terms of some of the things that they want to accomplish with installation of new fans, addressing some of the um, the electrical um, issues that the schools are facing, um, fixing um, ceiling tiles, um, windows, doors, those various things that students need to be in a comfortable setting. The department has come out of a plan, and I'm happy to say that the plan that they created, um, they utilized the walkthroughs that the board has been doing. I have to say kudos to the school plans and facilities committee headed by Winona A. Hendricks of the St. Croix District, a former principal, former deputy superintendent of schools, um, have been going into the schools doing these school visits, and the department utilized our um, our visit walkthroughs because what we do when we have the visit, although they come with us to so the operation divisions, come with us in the schools, we give them a report of some the findings that we have and also that the board um, released um, its 2023 school management accountability report that the board comes up with is a, a host of pages that talk about different things academics school maintenance um, mental health issues that students are facing in this um this book that um, put forth a report from the board of things so the department has utilized that and they're well on our, their way to try to uh, address many of the ills that the students, teachers, and all educational professionals face within the school system, both on St. Croix and as well as St. Thomas, St. John. No, you know, we had that controversial issue with the land swap in St. John. Um, that is that the land swap is now history, right? I think it's now history. I think they're going through some of the um, the contractual things that they need to go through mm-hmm. um, to ensure that they could, um, you know, get whatever they need so they could start to um, build the new school in a new location. I know they had, um, they did have created some renderings, and they have shared those renderings with the community um, in St. John to build at that new location. And of course, these schools are going to be future-proof schools. Not how we built schools long ago, but future-proof schools with collapsible walls, different things students can learn. As you go to, as we, uh, when the board goes on the professional development training with the National School Board Association, we have opportunity to visit schools and see all the new things that they have arranged in those schools that provides resources for students. They have safe haven environment where students can go to. Um, when you may be having an issue, you want to be alone by yourself, you have little rooms that you can go to to do different things. Concentration um, um, rooms, they call them. Also in those uh, particular sites, I like that when we go in there for new teachers that 
coming into the school system, you have like a buddy system that a person has stayed with you for two years to ensure that you get all the resources because, you know, as a new person coming in, it's always some challenge and struggle in terms of, yes, you may have that training in classroom management at the university level, but it's different when you physically come in the classroom dealing with our students because, you know, our students, um, we have to we have to deal with them a little bit different because of all the things that they face, the different challenges that they face as an educator is not only providing them instruction and guidance, but helping them along some of the challenges that they face. Of course, many of them live in homes that... Um, is not conducive for them. Maybe the, the parent that they live with working two and three jobs, so they hardly see them. They have to be the one to take care of the little brother and little sister while mom go to work because the dad is not there. Some people have that mom and dad, but they're still struggling the different things that they're going through. So teachers become like guidance counselors. They become therapists. They become a host of things to help our students get through so they could be um, successful in their future endeavors. They actually become parents in some instances as well. Indeed, they come, their parents come, you know, because I know when I, I, I taught in the school system, I would go to the homes of my students, you know, some of them that struggle. If I see them coming to school, my clothes not iron, you know, maybe sometimes you'll go and buy an iron to, to provide them or assist them how you could. And, you know, sometimes it, it's really struggling, um, Neville, and you, you see the challenges a lot of students face and tears come down your eyes. You can't believe, you know, I don't have any children of my own, but, you know, the love and support that I would give them if I had children of my own. So this is why I translate that to the children of the Virgin Islands. Any student I could help in need, I try my utmost best to help them. I don't have the most money in the world. You know, mom always tell me that you're somebody you're giving away money to everybody. Then when you need money to do something, who will help you? But I told her, you know, God will handle that. So um, to ensure that I try to help students the best way I can. Of course, I, Kaiser Carlwood, cannot fix education on my own. It takes the full village, all the board members of education, educational professionals, the community, parents, students will have to play a hand now more than ever before to ensure that education um, is provided um, to the masses of individuals, um, whichever way. And never, it's never too late to learn. Every day is a learning process. Every day, individuals are becoming educated. Without a doubt. Mr. Chairman, uh, how much of our student population uh, did we lose uh, in the aftermath of the storms? Did we do a, did, um, did, 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 did we do a study to, to look at that because the numbers speak for themselves? I mean, enrollment is what it is, and um, I, I, I I know that you know a lot of a lot of parents relocated the mm -hmm. children to the mainland to family right. and all that stuff in the aftermath of the storms. Well, we are customer having maybe about um, sixteen to seventeen thousand. Um, I think after the storms, it went down to about ten thousand. Wow! So we lost about seven about seven thousand or so students. I would think that we have lost um, due to the storms and as well as COVID. Mm -hmm. so, so some students left in COVID as well because you know some. Um, parents will prefer that their child be physically in a school versus on virtual. Um, dealing with virtual, when WAPA goes, VIA goes, AT&T goes, Liberty goes, you know, communication is a challenge across the territory. So some parents wanted the, the child physically in class. And then, of course, here in St. Thomas, when we had those um, two awful ladies, the hurricanes that came and destroyed us here, because, um, you know, you went to sleep. Um, dreaming, and then when you wake up, the island didn't look the same again. So many of them um, 
went off island. A lot of them went to Houston, um, Florida, Atlanta, Maryland, uh, Miami, and they, you know, they send their, their, their students there. Most of those students now for 2017 have already now graduated from um, high school. Um, so they are on two different parts of colleges. I know some of them do apply at the Board of Education um, because they did um, make mention to us in terms of that they had to move off the island from 2017. So we did for them an opportunity to get the scholarship in order to further the education because they were a part of the fabric of the Virgin Islands community and it's no fault of their own that they had to leave. That's a significant drop, you know, seven, seven out of 17,000. That's a lot. Yes, that, 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 that's a, a significant, yeah, a significant drop of yeah. students. But it has started. It has started to increase again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last count maybe about eleven thousand mm-hmm. or so um, of students that now back into the the, the territory because every day students are going in the classroom. So every day as a teacher, you receive a new student because we can't turn any student away. English as a second language. Um, that's an important part of uh, our curriculum because we got a lot of uh, students who come from uh, uh, families that speak Spanish. Indeed, and we have a, a host of um, individuals from um, the the, um, the English as second language population that coming into our school system, and they are ready and eager to learn. And our teachers are um, doing everything possible to assist them to ensure that they get a um, a, a well-rounded education as well. Uh, you know, one of the things that um, a lot of the uh, administrators, the principals at schools um, used to say, uh, I mean, well, this is what they experienced. Um, the, the children would actually pick up learning the language much quicker than, than the administrators um, would, would expect. The, the, the children right. had a good grasp for wanting to learn to speak English, even though, even though right. Spanish was the primary language that they spoke. Right, and you always have a, a one person that, that leads the pack um, that that uh, that helps others to try to, to learn to speak English very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very wonderful to see um, the English as second language students pick up the language very quickly, and they're always excited, so now they've become bilingual. Mm-hmm. So now we would have to offer that same opportunity to our students here to learn another language. So that's something that will be coming through the pipeline and that we have to work on to make sure that our students are exposed to various languages because as they, some of them will eventually move off island. They wouldn't be here forever, but when they go to the different um, communities of speaking, they can be able to translate and um and, and speak the language, if you will, as well. We're talking with the chairman of the Virgin Islands Board of Education, Dr. Kaiser Carwood. It's uh, American Education Week. We'll take a break and be back right after this.
Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers CDs for education, homes, or vacations. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. A penalty might be imposed for early withdrawal, new money only. Funds may not be transferred from existing Bank of St. Croix accounts to CDs. Rates subject to change at any time. Fees may reduce earnings and principal. www.bankofstcroix.com Member FDIC. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big <laughs> cowboy hat on. <laughs> he looked like, like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. <laughs> I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out, on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Doom scrolling. Let's break that habit, folks. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where if you want to know what's going on in the world and why it matters, all you have to do is give your thumb a rest and perk up your ears. We've got the news, but we've also got curiosity, joy, and surprise. Tune in for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. The world's oceans are wondrous, but they can also be a daunting and dangerous place where young must sometimes fend for themselves. And finding food isn't always easy. Spy in the Ocean concludes with a look at some of the challenges our sea creatures face when things don't always go to plan. Tune in Wednesday at 9 p.m. on WTJX TV, Channel 12. And we're back here on Analyze This, and we're having a great conversation with the uh, Board of Education uh, Chairman, uh, Dr. Kaiser Carwood. Uh, it is American uh, Education Week, and uh, it's only right that uh, the Board Chairman uh, join us this morning. Uh, good morning once again, Mr. Chairman. Glad to have you on. Good morning again, and thank you for having me. Now, let me talk new school. And I'm going to, you know, put in a little wrinkle, a little historical wrinkle with this. I remember Kaiser Carwood. I first ran for Senator in 2004. The first term was 2005-2006, 26 legislature. And that second year, I was the vice chair of the finance committee. Because, you know, right. the great the great Lorraine Berry had, uh, had orchestrated um, just a remarkable move of, of actually being the president over two majorities, which was, when you look back at it, it's, it's really a brilliant thing that, uh, that, that she did. Um, so we're at this meeting with the, Turnbull administration financial team and back then this is what 17 years ago the cost of building a school was somewhere between 30 to 40 maybe 50 million dollars right right now you're aware of the fact that we're constructing a new school here on St. Croix um, same thing for the Laka I mean for the Shaltamali High School right that whole that complex over there as well yes, right so, yes and the cost when when um ODR director, uh, Adrian Williams, told me the cost to construct a school is now 150 to 170 million. Yes. 
and and mm-hmm. and I compare that to the thirty to fifty million of nearly twenty years ago, I freaked out. And then guess what? I went and I do my homework. And would you believe, Mr. Chairman, right? And I, I, I pull up, I went to our website, uh, uh, ccorpsites.com. And here's the estimated cost for schools. And this is on the mainland. So you know you got to factor in another markup, right? Because you got to transport right. stuff on the mainland uh, to the Virgin Islands. $139 million, man, to build a school. Uh, on the mainland, right. right? I can imagine. And and and, uh, uh, and it's based on square foot, right? Depending on where you're located, uh, on the mainland, and the prices right. the prices per square foot vary. For example, just to, just just for the public, you know, we have an obligation to educate the public, right, with respect to right. costs, right? And these are 2021 numbers in Miami, and we use Miami for obvious reasons because it's the closest, biggest city on the mainland. To the Virgin Islands, right? Uh, right. Elementary school, two hundred and thirty-four dollars a square foot. Middle school, two hundred and fifty-seven dollars a square foot. High school, two hundred and eighty-two dollars a square foot. That's Miami, you know. And if you go to and you just go three, you fly three hours up to New York City, right? This is how you can't really apply everything. Uh, uh, across the board because their economy of scale. Check out the jump. Right. Check out the jump. Elementary school in to, to build a new elementary school in New York, whereas in Miami is two hundred and thirty-four. In New York, four hundred and sixty-four. A middle school in Miami, two hundred and fifty-seven dollars a square foot. In New York, five hundred and eight dollars a square foot. Uh, a high school in Miami, two eighty-two. In New York City, $558 a square foot. And the reason why I bring up that distinction is people got this thing about wanting to apply a broad brush, right? If they hear something costs a certain number over there, that means that's how much we should pay here. It doesn't work that way, um, Mr. Chairman. Right. I'm sure that you guys are looking at, uh, guys and ladies are looking at all this data coming before are you. I believe the school here, the new Arthur Richards is going to be a, a K to eight, I believe it is, right? K to eight in Saint Croix, yeah, right. Yes. And that's a hundred and seventy million. Give give us some details of, through the lens of a of, through the lens of a board of education member. Mm-hmm. What are you dealing with when I you see, right? These high costs that is going to be uh, expended to construct new schools here in the Virgin Islands and the Charlemagne uh, complex over there, Charlemagne High School complex in St. Thomas as well. Yeah, so definitely. So I know. In, uh, so you 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 hit it right straight in terms of in the the new site. It takes about 170 uh, million plus the demolition cost. So the demolition cost also has to take in factor. So you know by time that's done, you're you're done paying close to 200 and something million mm-hmm. just to de- demolish the school and prepare it. And then now to build a high school now on St. Thomas, you know it's going to act at least double that size in terms of the cost to, to do that. Um, so I know that it, um, we... The board was engaged in terms of being a part of the um, to create the facility uh, master plan, which um, the department, along with members of the board, members of the community, um, completed a plan on, um, I think it was June 30th of 2020, where they completed a plan to, uh, of course, identify a process um, to come up with 
ways and different renderings and different styles and what we would like to see in terms of the school system um, to create that plan going forward. Hence how we are now here in developing a new school on St. Croix, and that will be the first school that has been rebuilt in, in, a, in a very, very long time because, you know, most of our schools are 40 to 45, almost 50 years old. Correct. So... So we can't, um, so imagine all the, the, the process it takes to um, go through that. So, you know, it do take that data. You can't just come today and say tomorrow, I want to build a new school. It doesn't work that way. It takes a, a, a lot of preparation. Not only that, right? And then, and then they actually break down, in this case, the $139 million for this particular school that they were talking about. $80 million right. for building costs. $25 million for site and off-site development and athletic facilities costs. So that takes us to 105 right. right there, just for those two, right? Primary primary needs. Another $15.2 million for professional fees, soft costs and all that stuff. $12 million for contingency because you don't know what you're going to meet sometimes when you're going to construct. And then another $6.8 million in escalation for project for 5%. Right. 5.6% for project costs. There's so many things involved, and I know the current commissioner, uh, before she um, took over helm, took over the helm of the agency, this was her thing, right? She was in the business of uh, looking at constructing new schools and dealing with capital projects of this nature. So she should have a good right. feel for what we're dealing with as it relates to the actual construction from paper uh, to concrete, right, to finished product. Right. How do we convey to the public, right, that this ain't some overnight fix? This takes time. It does. It does take time. So, you know, in terms of her passion, in terms of um, going through, going through, going through that to create these new schools. So, you know, it takes a process. I know sometimes it, we have complaints in the community about things. Um, of course, the department can always do more in terms of expressing of the things that they're doing good in the school system because we have more good than challenges in the school system. A lot of these challenges that we, we're having in the school system are challenges we always had in the school system. From time I was going to school, it's always an issue in terms of maintenance, um, um, construction, fixing stuff in the classroom. Don't get the stuff that you fix. You know, you know. So it's a, it's a, it was, a, it has been an ever process going in terms of fixing schools. I, I always hope and pray that we get to a point in our um, educational system where we don't have much of those challenges and how we get rid of those challenges, Neville, is by building new schools. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. We have to build new schools because the, 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 the buildings that we have, 40, 45-year-olds, they cannot take no more maintenance. It's only so much you could do to these buildings. They can't take minimum. Of course, the, the codes and stuff when they build these buildings with the different clay and stuff, they don't build buildings that, that way now. So Charlotte and Mali High School was one of those that um, was built with the clay in terms of the, because um, they used to use clay back in the day to make the bricks and the style so, mm -hmm. to, um, to create the buildings. Of course, that, that can't withstand the challenges anymore. And of course, those buildings, don't get me wrong, some of those buildings were sh are strong buildings. Because even though the, the students can't be a part of it, you know, you could see the structure is still starting up. Of course, we don't want any student in there. So we had to get the students out, which they move on the field. And, of course, the department has now come to the point where they will be getting 
to do the um, demolition. I know last evening, um, Chanel Carwood Daniels, um, the department's architect, was at the PTA explaining what will be happening in terms of the demolition. Of course, they will be sharing um, stuff with the, um, the, 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 the community as well when that process would take place. You know, so some um, parents had questions in terms of how it would look like, when they will begin. Of course, they're coming up, we'll come up with that date in terms of when they're going to start the demolition. But as you drive past the school now, and the community can drive past the school, they already started to take out the windows so you could see the bare walls straight in, straight through, um, remove doors, take out all the furniture. They have really cleaned up the place, getting ready for um, demolition. And I can't wait to see how the new school will look. Based on the renderings, you can go on to the, the VIDE.VI website where you could see some of the um, renderings of how the school is supposed to look and what are some of the things will be included in that school. So I advise the community, take some time. You know, you could use your cell phone. If you don't know how to use a cell phone well to get on the internet, ask your, your grandchild or somebody to help you to get onto that website so you could see it for yourself. Don't just hear about it, but actually physical see how the new schools would look. The new, the new Cancrain going to be where? Or going to be part of a, of a K-12? I think that's going to be more. I, they, they, was, they still having a conversation about where the uh, where Cancun will be housed. I don't think a decision has been made. What uh, where is it going to be? I know definitely it's not going to be in the location it is now. But they're still making a discussion what they're going to do in terms of um, the Cancun Junior High School. Okay, so right now we got what K to twelve in that one area there up there in Sugar State with uh, Cancun. Yeah, Can- Lockhart, Cancrain, and, and, and Shardamali High School? Right. We actually start from, uh, I, I think it has like a pre-K, I think it's pre-K to 12 in that area. You're absolutely correct. So now the um, the, the school that bears the name of um, Lockhart School, they got back to Lockhart School. Mm-hmm. It's not no longer how we used to have Alita Cancrain, and then it's just Lockhart School now. So um, they they have, and it's split into this, um, two parts. The they, they, um, younger students, they they K through um, the kindergarten thing through um, second is on one side and then from third um, actually no sorry K through three is on one side and then from four to eight is on the other side so they have them split so the younger ones are not with the older ones but you could see the progression so you move from the, the, the younger side to the middle side straight to high school all on one stretch. Um, I know the community has talked about the congestion. Um, you wouldn't believe that the congestion isn't as bad in terms of the transition when schools finish um, to have a flow of traffic. So um, they're doing well there. And one of the things I wanted to mention to Neville that, and it's been a, been a concern for me, our students are, um, are going through some mental challenges. I don't know mm-hmm. why our students are so angry. I know you've been seeing all these fights in these schools, mm-hmm. and, you know, it start, it really driving me crazy. It's really driving me crazy. I don't like to see it. Um, going, when I was in school, we never used to have really much fights like that, but now the, the students are, are just so angry. I don't know why they're so angry now. But, 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 but in addition to the anger, it's, it's this cell phone thing where... Um, it, it's like exactly it, it, recording it, it. It's like they want to be recorded fighting, man. This is crazy, man. But some people come they're to me and, and, and they want to it. show me a fight, and I and they ask if I see it already. I tell them I don't see it already. Me see it yet, and like, I don't want to see it. 
You know what I'm saying? I saw one. I saw one fight where the students are fighting. The monitors are trying their best. One of the monitors um tumble over, trying to clear these fight because the students are not stopping. They 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 are fighting. They're so angry. So I really need parents. Parents, the administrators in the school, the teachers in the school, they can't help these children stop fighting parents. You have to get into that school and speak to your children because somebody can be hurt. Yes, and may not be using weapons, but somebody's neck can be cracked. Somebody can be, skull could be fractured. A lot of things could be happening when the students are fighting. So please, parents, please, I beg you, I very, really beg you to really start to speak to your children about behaving themselves in the school system. Well, because, but but, but, then, know, but then let me ask this, let me ask this question. Then. Since, since the Board of Education is responsible for curriculum and all that stuff, um, mm-hmm. is there a component or are, are you, are, is the board looking at uh, anger management, conflict resolution component to, to, to be factored in, in into the into the um to the school week. Yeah, it, it can be an everyday thing. It should it, if it's an everyday thing, then our problem is really worse than it should be. But at least at every right. week or every other week, every month, where we sitting down and talking to our students and discouraging them from wanting to get into into confrontations and altercations. Right. So the board, so the board has, we have begun those conversations. Well, we always been having those conversations to find a way to integrate it into the um the school system mm-hmm. while ensuring that they get the um their um their general ed um requirements that they need in order to graduate. To find out what um what type of program and stuff that we could come up because we have to create creative programs. Not program is just boring that you're just talking to students. Well, you well, know. Well, I know, I know that we used to have a, in in the public school system they used to have a health class right back in the day and they still have they still have those health classes well, well, maybe, well, maybe, um, maybe maybe we could incorporate it into that health class you know like anger right. management and conflict resolution very very important nowadays because you're right the children them, right they just some appearing to be angry some just following others some some believe that peer pressure i got to do it to let them know that you know i ain't nobody that i gonna walk over and all that stuff it's they shouldn't be fighting like how they be fighting man it's bad it, it just, it just, you know, years ago we used to have like the law new program used to be in there. We used to have the dare program, um, where the foot through the police department used to come into the schools. I think when those programs was really in in these schools, we never had much of those um the challenges of students fighting um um like we have now. So I'm really. I mean, it's a different of- world, but, but but it is, it is a different right. world we live in. We we we, we can't, we can't deny is, that, right? It is. It is. It is. But, but we're still human beings. We're, we're we're still supposed to be civilized, Mr. Chairman, and and, right. and they're not they're not acting right. civilized, man. This this, this I, is wild, I man. I really agree, but I believe that we need a quiet plea um, level for those programs to start to really come back, those yeah, community programs to really come back in the schools to really help this challenge of the students fighting in the school that we're, that we're seeing. No, well, and it, it, it doesn't look good. It doesn't no, look no, it does good. not. I, I agree with you 100%. Good. We're having a great conversation here with the, the chairman of the Virgin Islands Board of Education, Dr. Kaiser Carwood. It's American Education Week. When we come back, we're going to talk about reading. And how, uh, you know, we need, uh, well, for me personally, it's a personal thing here uh, where more reading could help us in so many different ways and um, actually uh, increase our testing scores because uh, those scores, what we see now, they're not at the levels that they should be. We'll take a break and be back right after this.
U.S. Environmental Protection Agency will host two workshops for the maintenance and safety of residential cisterns, the sole water source for most homes in the USVI. The St. Thomas workshop will be November 14th at the Emerald Beach Resort. The St. Croix workshop will be November 15th at the UVI Albert A. Sheen campus in Kings Hill. Both workshops will begin at 6 p.m. and end by 7.30 p.m. For information, please visit www.bit.ly slash USVI Cisterns. There are many complex issues that arise in our territory. Comes with the territory with Leslie Comision. Join me, Leslie Comision, for a breakdown of political issues facing our territory, one conversation at a time. I'm here to be the voice you can rely on for information that is straightforward and comprehensive. Tune in to be a part of the discussion. It all comes with the territory. Comes with the territory airs Sundays at 1 p.m. and re-airs at 7 p.m. on WTJX TV Channel 12. Music can be an incredibly personal experience. A song can inspire you, it can comfort you, it can make you feel understood, but it can even take you back to a specific moment in your life. And it all begins with the artist. Join me, Raina Duras, as I get personal through in-depth interviews with your favorite musicians and find out where those songs come from on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. Saturday mornings, we're here for you with Weekend Edition. Two hours of news, interviews, new music, new books, rattling good stories, interesting people, challenging analysis, laughs, air shows, and donkey rides for the kids. So come along with us. Weekend Edition, Saturday mornings from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. This is uh, American Education Week, and we've got the Virgin Islands Board of Education uh, Chairman, Dr. Kaiser Carwood, uh, joining us here on Analysis. Um, Mr. Chairman, good morning once again. Could you please um, let the public know who are the members of the Virgin Islands Board of Education? So currently at the Virgin Islands Board of Education, we have um, we run by a nine-member board. Currently we have eight. On the St. Croix District, we have Secretary Shauna K. Richards, we have Vice Chair Emanuela Perez Casillas. We have Terence T. Joseph. We have Winona A. Hendricks. On St. Thomas, the St. Thomas St. John District, we have myself, Dr. Kaiser Carwood. We have Aira C. Lockhart, Judy M. Gomez Esquire, and Nandi Siku Esquire. Those are the members that make up the Virgin Islands Board of Education. Judy Gomez, um, Nandi Siku. Era Lockhart and yourself on the St. Thomas, St. John's side, yeah. and then Shauna Richards, Emanuela Perez Casillas, Terence T. Joseph, and Winona Hendricks on the St. Croix side. On St. Croix. Now, yeah. now, now, we had a, a unique situation there where a current senator was a member of the board out at St. John. What's the deal with making sure St. John is represented on the, on the board like they should be statutorily? So the, the governor has to name um, a person from St. John. 
um, to be able to sit on the board. I know they have been having some challenges because nobody seems so hard to serve on the Board of Education from St. John's. So um, I know they're still um, going back and forth with that to get a person to, to serve because the thing is, um, although he may name that person, they have to go through the Senate. And many people don't want to go through the Senate to go through, um, to testify, um, to be, um, um, be able to sit on the Board of Education. And that's what the challenge is. That's unfortunate. St. John needs to be represented on the board, man. Wow. I totally agree. My yeah. St. Johnians, if you're listening to please, please reach out to the government house. If you do have that capacity, that, that, that ability to sit on the board of education and go through the Senate to be confirmed, please reach out to the office of the governor to sign up. Um, we could utilize your services on the Virgin Islands Board of Education so we could have our, our full complement of nine members on the board. So that's my plea. Please, 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 please. I'm begging who's ever listening. Call your friends in St. John to tell them we have a seat available on the Board of Education. You have to um, go through the government house, be appointed by the governor, and then go through the legislature to be confirmed. Now, um, quickly, we hope, before we get to the, to the reading discussion, um, Child Nutrition, um, the, the Virgin Islands government has an obligation to provide child nutrition for public schools and non-public schools as well, right? Yes. Yes, they do. Okay, good. Just want to make 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 that clear. I know we. So were... we have the the school food authority in both districts in Thomas, and then of course we have one in St. Croix mm -hmm. that provides um, resources through the various kitchens. Each kitchen has a kitchen manager where the um, um, provide um, meals uh, for our students um, in the school system. Okay, so okay, breakfast and lunch, and of course what they have added now, Neville. I'm not sure if you're aware. They have added a salad bar and a fruit bar where students can get a salad and as well as fruits um, during um, those um, the period of lunch no, as well. No, I had heard about that. That's, a, that's an excellent move uh, on their part. I just wanted to, to, to verify that because I know when I went to a parochial school, um, the government of the Virgin Islands did provide uh, uh, child nutrition for us uh, at St. Don's right. School. So, so let me talk, let me right. talk reading. Test scores aren't where they're supposed to be. I believe if we um, you know, get our literacy uh, commitment up uh, at maximum levels that could unlock so many so many good things for our children and our society at large. Uh, what's your take on that, Mr. Chairman? Um, I agree. Um, our our um, test scores um, in terms of reading comprehension haven't been so well. Um, I think we have the, the department has been working. I think they've been working um, utilizing and mentum and um, iReady to help students um, prepare for the testing that will be upcoming. And I think with the, 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 the reading comprehension, we have to change the approach. We have to change the approach to ensure that our students are, are learning to understand words and different patterns within a context and be able to read a passage and actually comprehend what the passage is saying. I always give a trick to my students that although you read the passage the first time, you try to read it at least two times to grasp while looking at the question to make sure that based on what you've seen in a passage that you have comprehended and the questions that they're asking you to respond to, that you could find the information in the passage. So we have to read to comprehend to really um, understand. And while we're comprehending, you have to be able to dissect. You have to be able to dissect the passage, rip it apart from the subject, verb, and predicate, among other things that you need to um, dissect it for in order for you to really fully comprehend 
comprehend and respond to the question to the best of your ability. Because sometimes, you know, we read stuff that just in instance, when I, when I write a paper and I read the paper, I read the paper with the corrections, but the corrections ain't in the paper yet. So, you know, you have to be able to um, um, figure out as way how to um, correct and improve your writing and um, comprehension skills in order for you to be a well-rounded individual. And I'm not saying because a person can take a, did not, because sometimes students are not well-test takers. We're not a test-taking community. So we have to work on um, helping our students to become test takers so they could do well on the test. Because not because they, the scores are low, it doesn't say the students can't read. It's just when they take the test, they're not doing well on the test. They're not paying attention to um, the responses that they have to give to show their, um, their ability um, to read, do well in math, do well in science, among other subjects that you need to do well um, to be a remarkable student. Mr. Chairman, when I was in, in, in grade school, phonics was a big thing then. What about phonics now in the, in the current uh, educational system? So phonics is still there um, um, through the um, the early grades. They're doing um, um, phonics mm-hmm. because as you go through the different grades, you improve in terms of from phonics to um, how to utilize phonics in, in sentences, how to determine in terms of grammar construct, making sure sentences are parallel and balanced, learning the dangling modifiers, what is the difference between what's the difference between the subject and the predicate, where do you find the verb? Um, so so phonics is um, is the um, the starting point that students have to really understand the sound of words to be able to to really understand what the word is. Because sometimes even as adults you have to use your phonics in order to sound words because each adult don't know every single word in the, in the dictionary, but you can be able to sound it off using phonics in order for you to understand what the word is. And, of course, I'm hoping what I do, when I see a new word, Neville, I write it down in a book. I have a book of words. Every word that I see that I have never known in my life, never seen a word in my life, I write it down in a book and then get the definition mm-hmm. in order for me to yeah, be man. able to improve my vocabulary level um going forward so students can do that as well um words that you don't know words that maybe you see on a building or word look peculiar to you or um a word that you're not familiar you could get a book and write it down in your book get the definition and that helps to improve your um, vocabulary and your capacity in um in um english in language arts um, and of course, that translates to um, science and math. You, you need to have learn your words in a different um, landscape of um, academics in order for you to be um, a well-rounded student. And our students never have the capacity to do so. They can do it. Each and every one of our students can do it. No, we, I've had I've had students on this show, and they've they've been impressive. You know, we got we, we the potential the potential is 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 limitless. You know, that's the term, right? Unlimited and limitless is the same thing, right? <laughs> right? I want to make sure I say it, I say it correctly. You know, we, we got some beautiful, we got some beautiful, intelligent children here, and all they need is some guidance, um, structure, the curriculum that that, that the board uh, is responsible for, and opportunity more than anything else, Mr. Chairman. That's what we got Definitely. to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so, so let me say this. Uh, give me a primary goal for the board. Um, heading into the new year because 2023, me, I like to you, this one, you fly cross fast, right? Before uh, it was January that I did, and now it's gonna be December, another another two weeks. So, so what's what's the goals for 
2024 for the Virgin Islands Board of Education? Well, we have we have many goals that we are um, we're trying to accomplish. Um, one of those things is finishing finishing the policy, the discipline policy, working to finish that um, policy. Um, I know the the committee, the policy rules and regulations committee, recently met to finish the um, K through six policy. So that will be coming in front of the board on the twenty. I think the board meeting is on the twenty first or the twenty second. Can't remember off my head now. Um, where we will um, be discussing the K through six policy, and of course these policies not only go through the community process, but we also engage with education and different professionals. And we have been working on that policy a very, very long time. So now it's time to get that policy in. And of course, that policy will go into place for the new academic year um, um, coming. Um, and then, so the, this, that's the discipline. Also, the board is working on moving from our location in Christiansted to Frederickstead. Mm-hmm. So we're working to deal with that because the place where we are now is not conducive um, in terms of accessible for people to get up the stairs to the area um, to get there. So we're working to making sure it's um, handicap accessible and making sure it's, um, it's an environment where um, members of our community can come. On um, the right office right now, it leaks when it rains it leaks very much so it's not safe for the staff so we're working to move um to do that and of course we're trying to increase the numbers of certified professionals here in the community for professional staff and higher education committee we have been um, going to the different schools various school we're meeting teachers where they are and bringing them where they need to be to be certified so no longer are we accepting that you're tired after school, working all day with the students. You can't come to get certified. We're coming to you. Also, they have the opportunity to go on the board's website, myviboe.com, and apply for certification. So we we have improved different facets and different ways to ensure that um, teachers in our public school system can become certified because this is Virgin Islands code that indicates that teachers must be certified to teach in the Virgin Islands public school system. It's not the Board of Education created that. That's the Virgin Islands code that says that, that you must be certified um, professional in coming to, um, you know, in working in the Virgin School system. And teachers every year to just become certified and recertified, they need only 125 professional development hours. And they can get that within the five-year um, time frame because the they, um, certification lasts for five years for those that have all classes is five years. Those that need classes is only three years your certification is for to give you the opportunity to finish the different courses that you have. So the board is going to be working aggressively on various things. Um, the board will also be working um, on, on curriculum stuff because that's one of the, the new laws that was passed, I think, 8217, um, if I'm not mistaken, that um, puts now the board to really start to review curriculum, going into the classroom to see how well the teachers are doing, asking the students, like when you go to, when you're a university professor, at the end of every semester, students have to evaluate you. Are you knowledgeable in the subject? Are you prepared for the subject? Are you providing all the resources necessary? Then, of course, we turn to ask the parents. We ask the parents, are, are teachers approachable? Are administrators approachable? Is the school a good environment for your child? And that will help us to create data to make the different changes and shifts we need in education in order to prove the quality of life in education here in the community. The college, the college grant 
Right, the college scholarship program still in effect at, at the, the board of education. I, I applied forty years. I, I applied forty years ago. I never got a response. You know, I, I looking. I, I feel like taking out a court. Forty years ago, forty years ago, and they never said, "Well, dog, we got a little ten dollars for you." Now, even my mother and father had to hook me up, man. They never respond, man. And I, I, I was a good child. Well, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I'm so sorry the board behaved rather yeah. badly to you. Yeah, but, but, but I want no, 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 but I want to thank them though because I might get a scholarship, and then when you don't pay, like to put your name in the newspapers. <laughs> Well, we haven't we haven't put anybody's name no, in the newspaper no, yet. No. Um, but and, and, and look, and look, um, Mr. Chairman, in, in some instances that was a who's who, you know. So I'm glad that my name ain't been on that list. <laughs> Because Neville, uh, on all, on a, 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 on a real in terms of um, the scholarship, our scholarship period already started November one, mm -hmm. and will be closed on April twenty second of twenty twenty four. So there's a long, so, so there's a long window. Opportunity, right? Students have the opportunity to apply. Mm -hmm. November one, it's already open. They can go online yeah. and apply. Don't yeah. wait until April twenty two, twenty twenty four to say exactly. that. Oh, you forgot. Yeah. You have the opportunity to apply. Uh, and, and, and you're eligible for you're eligible for this regardless of what school you get you you you're admitted to right what, what college you'll be going to or, yeah, or trade okay. school but you in short to apply you have to have a 2.0 GPA mm -hmm. in order to apply for the scholarship at least a 2.0 um, GPA and Neville I really want to give a plea to the community for those individuals that owe the Virgin Islands Board of Education money to repay your um your your loans that they have afforded you opportunity please reach out to the Board of Education to pay back. I think the last um, record that we provide, I think we have over 700,000 in arrears that we have from individuals that not want to pay back the loans that they got. Mm -hmm. And remember, this is a recycled door. When they pay back loans, that, those that, loans that, have that, to that, be that, 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 makes money, that makes money available for another, another, another layer another of students. Student. Okay, good. So yeah, we, yeah. we have been having some challenges, but the staff, we have a staff of two people have, and oh my God, those girls, those ladies are, mm -hmm. are remarkable in reaching out to the individuals, writing letters, calling. We even implement a part where we could text you now because yeah. you know what? Well, sometimes when people see the bill collector's number, they don't answer. <laughs> so we text in your phone now so we could see when you read the text that you get it from the phone. Mr. Chairman, I, I, want, I want to thank you for joining us morning and ending the conversation <laughs> on a high note. Okay, congrats. Continue to lead. I'm looking forward to talking with you in the future. Okay? Thank you. Thank you so much, Neville. You Have got a it. wonderful And, tell, and tell, tell mommy I send my love. I'll make sure you do I that. I will. Okay, good. Take I care. Will. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you, Alisa Barnes, for joining us uh, in the early hour. Thank you, Glenn Roy, and uh, the staff at WTJS for getting us back to where we need to be. Be good. Be safe. We'll talk tomorrow. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. WTJX's Taste of Two Islands is back. Join us at Antilles Mark C. Marin Center on December 14th for the long-awaited return of the taste, a culinary feast for the season. Hosted by me, George Kulchaman Silkat. Tickets are on sale now through Thursday, December 14th.
Tickets are available at Chelsea's Drugstore in Red Hook, Barefoot Buddha across from Haven Site Mall, and Bonita's Cantina in Niski Shopping Center. Tickets can also be purchased online at wtjx.org forward slash taste or call 340-774-6255. Shuttle service will be available from Haven Site Park a lot to the MCM Center. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the magic of local cuisine as you dance to the rhythms of Spectrum Band. Sponsors for this event are VI Lottery, West Indies Company, Cardo Wine and Spirits, First Bank, Bellows International, the VI Office of Highway Safety, the VI Housing Finance Authority, and the VI Public Finance Authority. It's the return of the taste, Thursday, December 14th at 6 p.m. A taste you can never forget. 